my name is Jessica Barkley, um, a current Yemi finalist and the host of the Pageantland podcast and founder of Pageantland. And today I'm going to be talking about the 100th episode of the Pageantland podcast. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. So excited to be part of this as well with you. Oh my God. How have you, like from one to a hundred, what's been the biggest sort of jump out milestones for you so far? Oh crikey, you're going to hit me. You just told me that there were going to be no hit me questions, like throw me questions. The response, I think some of the, the best things has been the responses from people I've contacted to be interviewed on it and how enthusiastic and excited people were to be a part of it. Um, from like someone that's just a new contestant level. I think one of the first interviews I did, it might have even been the actual first interview, um, was someone that had never done pageantry. And they were so, so like touched to be asked to do it. And that was amazing. Um, right up to obviously we've had big guns like yourself and Harriet and Holly um, from Galaxy has been on. Like there's, it's just been like an amazing broad spectrum of people. And then there's also the people that have come up to me and said, I wouldn't have enjoyed my pageant as much if it wasn't for your podcast. Um, and that means like the absolute world because we can't all win as nice as it would be to hear people say oh I won because of your podcast and maybe one day I will that's not why I do it I do it for the majority and when people say yeah I wouldn't have enjoyed my pageant as much without you that's like oh that's amazing yeah I know I totally get that well, in case anyone's lived under a rock um I'm uh, Sarah Lane or known by most people as Marma Lane, uh, Harriet Lane's mum. But I want to kind of throw it all the way back to, I think it was 2014 when we first met. Was it 2014 or 2013? I started competing in 2014 and the first competition was 2015, but it was like right at the beginning of the year. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, it must have been. Yeah, because that's right, because she won in 2015 for Miss Teen GB. Correct. So going back to then, so let's kind of share the journey from that point. Um, we met, I remember, I, I can even tell you what I had on actually uh, at that moment. And you came over and tapped me on the shoulder and asked me, am I Harriet's mum? And you actually made me cry at that point. I think we've shed a lot of tears since then. But kind of from that moment forward, um, you've had there's two sides to your pageant side of uh the fact that you're there is a huge cheerleader for so many people in pageantry and pageantry itself um but also your side on the stage so let's have a look at both sides of that journey uh first of all so let's have a look at it from on the stage T- take me from that moment of you tapping me on the shoulder uh, give me some of those highlights oh I, it's funny who was i talking to I did an interview yesterday for House of Pageantry that I think Mm. came out before this um, and it was actually about dyslexia, but we talked about how I did not like my height. I'm five foot 11 and I did not like my height until I met Harriet. Um, And it was even in the Facebook group in the run up to Galaxy, I just found her story so inspiring. um, And it was, yeah, that was the tap on the shoulder is I just had to tell you how inspiring your daughter had been. I didn't know how, um, was she 13 or 14 at the time? I think she was 13 then. She was uh, 14 about uh, four weeks later. Was that, I, I don't now, but at the time I felt a bit weird going up and speaking to a 13 year old like that. Now, because of the amazing women I've met in pageantry, I wouldn't think twice about just going directly to them. Um, 
but I just oh, I just had to tell you I think mums always like to hear that kind of thing too we do we do and, and I mean that first galaxy I was an absolute disaster um like Tam was wrong my outfits were wrong for pageantry and for me and it was definitely going to be a big learning curve after that but I learned so much mm. about loving and accepting my body from doing that pageant um from my height with um with w watching Harriet's story and then actually getting to meet her and yourself and and getting up on stage in a I did a one piece but it was a one piece that had lots of bits missing over the midsection so half of my midsection was sort of showing in stripes and I'd always been so funny about my stomach I'm still a bit weird about it and it was the first area I was called fat as a kid um, and yeah through the years I know my mum always had big things about her stomach and that definitely rubbed off and um, and I got on stage with at least half of my stomach exposed and felt incredible it's, it, it sort of yeah massively changed that I came back and competed the next year because I, I unsurprisingly did not place that first year um came back the next year and placed top 10 and there were 70 of us competing that year wow and um, so that was yeah that was pretty awesome um and uh, then wasn't was just going to be a fan i i love supporting other girls in it and and i love all the charity work so i was like even if it's not my own charity work i can go to other people's and support other people's charity work and um, i'm just going to be one of those pageant fans that just goes to lots of stuff and um, i have a lot going on with work and um, and yeah that didn't that didn't last very long and I signed up to do 2017. Holly and Bella were were very convincing <laughs> when we went to it and um, I got I was the biggest charity fundraiser um in 2016. Of I remember I remember sitting off to the Christie didn't you? Yeah it was and it was amazing the, the funny thing about that trip though it was the first time I'd been in a hospital since my mum had passed away mm. and I hadn't registered until the we were walking down the corridor and, and I didn't know Holly or Bella particularly well yet. And I was new to pageantry and I'm with these two like pageant icons trying not to cry. Um, and eventually I managed to get out that this was the first time I've been in the hospital since my mum had died. <laughs> and it was like, oh, awkward. But it was just such an amazing, it was, yeah, I got over it pretty, not got over it pretty quickly, but managed to stop the tears by the time we actually got to the event that was held in the hospital's um, function room. And, and, and I think, yeah, that realising the impact the charity money had made that place was mm. part of it. And, um, and sort of talking to Holly and Bella about how much I journeyed already. And they were like, there is so much further you can go. Um, so yeah, signed back up, got pregnant, can compete. Well, chose not to. I know some people can and do, um, but it wasn't for me. Um, and I um, suffered really bad pregnancy anxiety. So it's really good that I didn't because I don't think I'd have got there anyway. Um, and, uh, and yeah, 2020 was my comeback year. I did, last time I'd competed, I'd run a blog. Um, I'd run the Beauty Queen Diaries. And I quite, I really liked that sort of being that story sharing information sharing kind of thing but i'm so dyslexic and writing blogs i find very stressful um i'll bash out the odd one now and again but they're not for me as a whole um and i was running a podcast with my work that i was really enjoying doing so i was like oh come just do this um and it's sort of it's grown and blossomed and it's helped me meet loads of other systems as well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I don't think I'd know as much about Yemi um, if I hadn't done the podcast. So um, it's definitely the two worlds collide. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I've learned so much this year about all the other systems since uh, Harriet's doing the crown coach because she's doing so much research into understanding the, the kind of, uh, the makeup of the event, um, what's expected, what the previous queens and everything have done. And it's actually been really good education because prior to then it's always been very focused. Um, and I think from one uh, kind of respect, um, it's kind of a protective bubble within the pageant girl group in a good sense that, that, that she offers so much that we haven't had to look outside of that, which has been lovely um, from that point of view. But it, it, it made us realise how uneducated we were about 
so many other uh, systems. And so throughout the journey, so you've, you've skipped away from um, your highlights here, um, going back to um, 2020. So uh, you had a, a phenomenal outcome in terms of uh, what you achieved, particularly the, the height of the competition that you had this year. Um, how do you, you know, where, where are you going now? I know we've just had some news. Tell us kind of where we go from placing so high to what's happening next. What's next? So um, I got second runner-up, um, which for non-pageanty people um, is third. Um, we like to make it sound better. <laughs> um, Almost first. <laughs> got a second runner-up, um, which was incredible. And actually the calibre of the women on that stage. Um, it was phenomenal this year. Just so amazing to be on stage with that kind of calibre of contestant was absolutely <clears> amazing. Um, but everything happens for a reason. I'm a very big believer in that. Um, and a few people in the run up because I had worked so hard and it was it was visible hard work. Um, I do like to share a lot of my journey on social media because I think people need to know what goes into it. Um, I don't. I'm up to people if they don't want to put their lives on social media but I'm not one of the people to hide that I'm working hard for something and then magically be like this is how I like, people are like this is how I look all the time it's like this is not how I look all the time um sort of thing I that's me with my life in general I like to do the no makeup selfie of everything personal <laughs> in my life um and uh so which which is kind of hard because people can yeah they can see how much you wanted something how hard you've worked for something and people are like what well, how are you going to deal with it if you don't win it and I was like I'm I'm a Christian and I'm very much a belief I do the work and I leave it with God um, and if it's meant to be my year it's meant to be my year if it's not it's meant to be another year or it's meant to be a different system um, or there's something else I've got to learn um, and this that's the amazing thing about pageantry it's not just about the crown the the journey is mm. so educational so inspiring um, it can lead you into amazing things like running the podcast and what has now become Pageantland as a whole um, and Pageantland Fitness and the coaching bits and like just all these different elements that and how much we're now supporting and encouraging other people within pageantry. Um, and that came out of me competing. I wouldn't be helping all these people if I hadn't been competing. Um, and I did. I was like, I put you put everything out there and you do the best that you can and then afterwards you sort of evaluate which bits would I like to change and things like that and um, and it's funny actually now I've signed up for Yemi there keeps being more things coming out of the woodwork that really align with who I am as a person and um, and I'm not sure if some of them are public knowledge yet so I'm not because some of them are new things that are coming out I think at the next internationals and stuff like that so um just in case I've been told things in secrecy without realizing it, I'm not gonna, <laughs> not gonna stop you on those. Um, but yeah, there's just, it feels like the right place and the right time. And Yemi people kept being brought into my life. Um, mm -hmm. And I, for one, can definitely take a hint from upstairs and um, yeah, took it. And so yeah, I'm really, it, I couldn't do it this year. If the dates hadn't changed, I couldn't do it. I'd already committed to something that yep. I and I don't let people down and I didn't want to, to not do the other thing obviously COVID might stop me now but who knows um, yeah. but the uh, it was when I saw that date change and I was like oh this is what you were waiting for was it and I do I'm yeah call me a Christian nut I'm one of those people I do I have chats with God while I'm walking around the park so um he actually um <laughs> whether you believe him or not but this is um when I was trying to decide if I was going to go back to competing um 2016 into 2017 I was on a run at a Christian women's retreat um and I was sort of praying do I go back do I go back and I said I'm really struggling with this um is that is competing where I'm meant to be? Is there a different place where I'm meant to be? I said, right, so if I'm meant to compete, can you just send me a sign? And this deer jumped out in front of me. Oh my God. Literally, it was like uh, less than a meter in front, um, not big antler ones, because I find those scary, but I'm like a, I can't miss this deer, but it didn't terrify yeah. me at the moment. Um, and I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, off we go. <laughs> <laughs> 
And um, so I'm like, yeah, I, I, I trust, I trust the signs and I trust my conversations with him. And, and for other people that could be, maybe there's a certain person that always seems to call it well or call it correctly. And maybe mm. they want to talk to themselves. I get the most common sense talking to myself sometimes. <laughs> no, Harriet has a great believer in, in terms of the universe aligning things. And that very much happened for her on the way up to um, uh, Miss International Finals for Japan. It was so weird, literally, from um, people um, messaging her connected to Japan and all that kind of stuff that it just happened. It wasn't related, but it, all these things were coming in place. Uh, and we were just like, wow it was just everything just felt like it was meant to be which is quite funny because it's kind of if you can align this very much going back to kind of harriet's journey that um she'd been like all very much created actually with galaxy but if she hadn't if she'd done differently out in america she wouldn't have gone and done miss international which was very much true you know to her as we saw when she went off to the international side of things and sometimes what we don't see is the great success i think is actually um the the stepping stone it gives us to actually where we're needing to be um which uh, i i do absolutely feel like uh, is uh, being for you so next question uh, well it's kind of going back to the other half of the question so you that's you on the stage and that's where we're going next um but you off the stage, your pageant journey is just as strong because, I mean, uh, the, the bouquets of flowers when Harriet's uh, competed, the fact that you have literally travelled length and breadth of the country supporting uh, Harriet and me with events, um, you, you are such a support for so many people. Um, I mean, how do you fit that in? How, how on earth do you fit it? Oh, we're getting you crying already. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna actually have to get a tissue now. Um, I've always left the tissues the other side of the room. <laughs> Although I have a new tissue box, so maybe now, now I can shove the new tissue box. Um, <laughs> and now I'm gonna have Rudolph nose. I get a bright, so those of you listening on the podcast, I'm now crying. Um, but I get a bright red nose when I cry. <laughs> um, which my mum always used to find hilarious. I did not as a child. Um, but it also gives me away because sometimes, you know, when you can pull the tears back, my yeah. doesn't come back with them. It just goes bright red. God bless you. I'm glowing those. And I guess for me, that was, so, it's been such an important part of it. It's been that sisterhood. I was really badly bullied. Um, I ended up going through four schools um, for different reasons. So two junior, two second year. I was bullied at three of them. Um, I was probably too young to remember the younger one, but uh, the first one, but um, yeah, and from physical and emotional bullying, um, and it, I, I didn't trust, I didn't trust friendships very well at all, um, and came into pageantry and suddenly met all these amazing women, um, and you say I'd sort of travel around the country to support people, but it's kind of my mm. way of saying thank you for inspiring me and motivating me and um, things as well. Um, and yeah, I try and pack things into weekends because with Felicity, it's quite tricky to get up and do stuff. And um, I'd be like, right, this thing I really, really want to go to. Who else can I try and see or try and support? What other events are going on that I can try and make the most of the fact that I can have childcare this weekend? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and put the things together and and yeah I think yeah it's just I don't know it's just part of I I I yeah <laughs> just you it's just you being you yeah I just I like doing things like that. <laughs> Well, it means the world. I mean, I'd say you've been there pretty much at every single uh, sort of high point in terms of Harriet's UK side of things. Disappointed you didn't come to Japan with us, but, you know, we'll have that discussion elsewhere. Was it really early or really late? I can't. It was incredibly early. I think it was like a 5am start for the UK. Um, and it was, it was amazing, you know. Normal start time for me. So that was, oh, but, like, yeah, I remembered I was watching it, watching it live and just like screaming and crying and all that. Oh, um, it was phenomenal seeing all of the different alerts coming through like crazy early in the morning from people who would uh, like, yeah, we've just been to McDonald's, got the breakfast, we're having like the, the, the picnics and what have you and all screaming. 
and it, it was absolutely phenomenal. It, it, but the, I think that's the, the um, kind of the value um, that people sometimes don't see from outside of pageantry. Uh, I mean, if we take uh, Crown Camp, so was it three, four weeks ago um, that we were off there? And I think the greatest takeaway from that was the sisterhood. I mean, yes, there were so many amazing things that happened, but the friendships that were made in those just literally two nights, we had people crying at the door on the way out. Um, not just me and you, not just me and you. Just me. No, no, we had others. Um, but they, they had such a connection and I think that is definitely something that people outside of pageantry don't actually understand. Um, and they think it's just us going to play dress up or whatever, but it's not, it, it's far beyond that. It's about that celebration of each other's success and wanting to see each other, um, you know, push through a boundary, gain that confidence, um, get over something that was holding them back. Uh, and, and it's not always about getting that crown. Um, you know, again, if you look at your journey in the, the uh, five, six years that we've known you, the confidence that you've gained um, and the identity I feel like you that you're com comfortable with, um, I think that that is really kind of shaped over the last few years. Um, you certainly seem, um, it's one of those, I think uh, it's a great gift um, to actually have an, uh, an understanding of yourself. Uh, and it's something that some people don't get through life. But I think for you... I've been up, um, I've spoken at a number of events on health and fitness for Marks and Spencers, and I never would have had the gumption to, to accept it even, and um, mm -hmm. to sort of get... get um, in fact, I think they found me, the, the agency that, that booked the speakers found me through my social media. And I wouldn't have been posting as much on my social media if it wasn't for pageantry. So I wouldn't have even yeah. found the opportunity, let alone accepted it, um, if it wasn't for that. And and that was, yeah, I'd got, it was a two different days in two different venues and I spoke a number of times over the day. Like, how many public speakers in their in the sort of early 30s can say they've spoken for such a mega brand and came through pageantry? Um, and, yeah, I think... There's been a lot, pageantry's been a lot of healing for me as well. Um, definitely healing from the bully, um, bullying side of things um, and hearing so many other people's stories. And obviously, ideally, I would love them to never hear of anyone else that have been bullied, but it's nice to know that you weren't the only one. Um, <laughs> and again, the same, I, because we put ourselves out there and we stand up for the causes that matter to us and that's important to us. Um, I did the, the Queen's chat with um, Hannah Golding and um, mm -hmm. spoke about a um, very unpleasant experience that happened to me in my, um, when I was 15. And um, I never would have had the bravery to talk about that. And I hadn't told, uh, I think I told like three people in my entire life. And then I was suddenly on a, um, a video interview talking about it and that's because of the inspiring stories that other pageant girls have shared and been vulnerable um, and as soon as I started speaking about it it started the healing process mm -hmm. um, so it's like those two major things body confidence issues that I've struggled with my height issues my stomach all those things have started to heal I'm gonna say started because um, yeah, particularly the one I talked about in the Queen's chat with Hannah is it's a long journey. <laughs> um, but um and actually you're one of the few people that, that knew about that incident beforehand. And um it's yeah, it's been it's it was definitely I was called to do pageantry. Um my life wouldn't be the same as it is now. I wouldn't have had these healing steps. So internally I wouldn't be the person that I am. Externally, it's definitely a good motivation in the gym. Um I always talk about how like the right pageants for you don't have a specific body type or find the system that aligns with your body type. If they do, I, I, I actually think it's fine if systems do have certain body types, but don't lie about it. Like say you're either all body types or you're, you have a different category, like there's curved pageants and things like that. Um, don't, don't be misleading. That's all I ask. Mm. Um, and, uh, it's, for me, I like that having that deadline 
to goal to yeah. push myself harder and try a little bit harder. And it's not for me. I'm definitely strong over skinny um, anyway, but I'm like, oh yeah, I'd really like to get like some ab definition through, or um, I'd really like to have my biceps a little bit more toned this time around and things like that. But I'm, I'm a fitness professional, so I can do it in a healthy way. Um, I always have to be very careful when I talk about anything fitness and weight and stuff because for me I like the weight to go up because it means my muscle mass has increased well I can relate slightly to this at the moment but we'll save that for another podcast so moving on um you are a very much full-time mum you're absolutely hands-on you've got business you're doing pageants you um are you don't do things by half. Uh, when you say, right, I'm doing a pageant, you are all in. Um, and that means the charity, the appearances, everything. How on earth do you manage all of that and have pageant and podcast um, happening as well? I'm secretly a vampire, so I don't sleep. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is, again, I've got PCOS. I feel like I'm just talking about all my issues at the moment. Um, so I've got PCOS. So I really, I, really need sleep my, my PCOS symptoms will flare up a lot more if I consistently don't sleep obviously at crown camp I think I got five and a half hours total over the two nights um but yeah that, that, was, that was a lot <laughs> yeah I can't sustain that for more than like two nights um particularly at this like this stage of my life with a kid and things um but it's it's a lot of time management and that's what's fed into my platform because I do get that a lot they're like why do you why do you do it <laughs> <laughs> they asked that too. Uh, how do you do it? How do you actually do it? And I was like, well, actually, I'm an expert in time management strategies. Um, I've had a business teaching them. Um, I used to run 60 weddings and events a year, uh, 60 weddings plus events a year when I was a wedding coordinator. Um, and you've got to be organized. And then it was just me surviving, like eating and drinking and, and working. Those were the only two things I needed to do. Um, and now I've got <laughs> the other bit. Um, there is a team behind it could I do it without a really awesome supportive partner no um, could I do it we have a lady called Hannah who has her two afternoons a week um, could I do it without Hannah no um, would I try probably <laughs> um, but I'm very I only do the things that matter to me and that sounds really selfish but um, some of the things it's just worked out quite well that some of the things that really matter to me are non-selfish things like the charity work um like going and supporting other people um they really matter to me and that's why I do them and that's why I find the space to do them um I'm very much a belief believer in decluttering out the things that don't align with you um, and aren't right for you every time you say yes to something you are saying no to something else um and you might even be taking that um, opportunity away from someone else. Mm -hmm. So there are, I am a public speaker and I, I'm very passionate about the different topics that I do talk on and um, the goal getters, which is also my platform and um, anything health and fitness related, you're going to get me talking about. Um, and then I've talked about issues with my mental health and bullying and things like that. Um, but if someone came up to me and said, Oh, we'd love you to come and do a talk on wedding planning. Now, I could quite happily fill a talk on wedding planning, but I wouldn't want to. And, and I'd have to say no. But they then might go to someone who absolutely is obsessed with weddings like Charlotte Clemmy. And if I'd said yes to doing something I didn't want to do, she might not have had the chance like or, or someone else. Like, um, So I always try and make sure I forward it on to the person. If I'm given an opportunity that's not, not in line with me, to forward it on to the person that I do think mm -hmm. I'm in line with. Um, and sometimes I feel like that's why I was asked. I was asked because I can make that connection. I wasn't asked because I was meant to do it. So don't, yeah, say no a lot. <laughs> that's how you fit it all in. You say no a lot. Um, and find where that opportunity really healthy. Mm. Yeah, no, it's really, really healthy um, to, to do that. And I think it's something that a lot of girls actually think in pageantry should learn how to do. Um, and it's something that uh, it, it took a long time for Harriet to learn to say no because she wanted to help as many people as possible. Um, but uh, often the trick it, uh, with these things is to put your energy into creating a team 
uh, get the process, create the team, get other people to do it, which is kind of next step in terms of the pageant land uh, podcast. One of the recent sort of big changes that you've uh, made there is that you've actually now brought in a, a team um, on it. So tell us all about that. Oh, so the team came out of my runs during lockdown. I decided I was going to run every day in lockdown, although there was, there was no definitive end. So I hit 104 runs in 104 days. Um, and it was very meditative. Um, and although, like many people, my mental health in lockdown sucked, um, it, were, it, it kept me from falling off the edge. Um, and one of the things that kept coming up was that I didn't feel like I could deliver everything that I wanted Pageantland to deliver on my own. Um, and yes, some of that is from a physical work volume side of things, but also I we want it to represent, I need to talk to it as better, we now, um, we wanted it to represent the pageant community in the UK. We are very UK focused. Um, we wanted it to represent as a whole. And I can't do that on my own. I don't know enough systems. Um, I, I still feel myself as a newbie, but apparently I'm not. Um, but there's obviously different different generations of newbie and not newbie in pageantry. Um, so we put a shout out, we put a shout out on social media to say who was interested. Um, and then I spoke to a few people and said, oh, any names of people that you think would spring to mind that would like this project? And some of the people that have come in um, actually had sort of things that they were thinking of doing or had started looking at doing that really align well with what we want to do so they're like we'll just come in and bring it under the umbrella and um, and do it together and and um, it's really starting to come together nicely and um, the day of recording this um was our first queen's table which is a, a sort of spoof name on chef's table because uh, we you are what you eat so we are going to be doing video interviews but where um the interview the person we're interviewing is cooking or baking um so we had rachel on today um who was like decorating up one of her amazing cakes um who does cup cupcakes on the time is the business yeah. yeah yeah she just lives up the road so i'm quite disappointed that we haven't had the cake delivered to be honest <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like covered in oreo cookies and things um, oh and so she's just incredible that's so good but like uh so felicia who's one of the members of the team she did that interview and she's going to do the next few and then we'll jump in and different people will do some of the interviews maya's going to be doing more content for for videos and for the youtube channel and once we're sort of more settled into it and things there's a lot of stuff going on in the background at the moment with the website development and what the content for the newsletter and things and um, that's like it's a lot of legwork type stuff and, mm. and infrastructure type stuff it's really hard because i'm the sort of person i want to announce it all now and be like this is coming and this is coming and i've sort of touched on a few things and um we've got some amazing plans for like in-person events next year and but i'm like trying to hold back right just in case things don't happen or timelines like we go into full lockdown again i lose all my childcare. the website will not be up by the end of this year so what kind of hoping it is yeah, no, well, I, I still haven't caught up from the news from my speaking uh, to you earlier. Um, I'm going to have to have a look and see what the impacts are going to be on our lives. So uh, there'll be many messages sent later after this, no doubt. Aww. So one of the, the, the main jobs that you have in life there, mum, um, little, <laughs> again, the, the moment when you were on stage, uh, it was just beautiful. Um, we were quite near the stage, you came on, and little Felicity's runs away from her dad and stands in front of me because it's a better view. And I just said, are you a real princess? And she nodded, yes, I am. So is my mum and started cheering for you. How amazing. Yes, go and, go and cry. <laughs> But no, she, she absolutely loves and embraces pageantry already herself. And am I right? She's got, she's won. Oh, she's got all the crowns. Um, you've frozen a little bit there. I hope you've still got me. Ooh, ooh. Have you got me back? I have got you now. You, you did freeze as well there. Yeah, momentary freeze. Um, so she won her first pageant that she did. She did a charity pageant um, in... 
oh now I'm completely lost. I want to say October, but I might be completely making that up. In October last year, um, she was meant to do another charity pageant in April, and it didn't happen. So I signed her up for one that was meant to be August, and I didn't. I it was for charity, and I was like, here, have my money. It's fine. My daughter's the right age category for this one. I didn't actually read what it was because I thought, well, if we can't make it, it's it was it's not a huge amount of money and it's going to a great cause. Um, and uh, then it was it was done on photos. So it's quite nice because hers have been judged. She got a second runner up. So we've both been second runner ups this year. Um, she was still got a mega crown for it. It's like, I wasn't expecting anything to arrive for second runner up. And this like massive crown has turned up, which oh. was brilliant. Um, she's got a crown for just being awesome, which you and Harriet sent her. Um, and uh, what's the other? Oh, has she got a contestant? So the one she came second runner up, she got a contestant's crown for. So she's already got four crowns. She's doing well. <laughs> so do you hope that she continues? I know you're very much um, all about allowing her to have her, her own identity and everything like that. Um, what, what's your plans in terms of encouraging her for being part of pageantry? Um, I think she sees my enthusiast, enthusiasm for it because she loves to exercise. I mean, some of her exercises, I'm using inverted commas here for those that can't see the video. Um, but I'm so excited about exercising. Like when mummy's going off to the gym, mummy's very happy. Um, so she's like, Mummy, I'm going to do a squat. Let me show you your squat. Let me show you the squat. I'm going to do stretching. She did stretching with me today. It involved her rolling around on top of my back while I was trying to stretch, which is quite good because it increased the stretch. Um, sometimes she just does get in the way. Um, and so, but she, she sees exercising as exciting and fun and learning to do new things with our bodies. And um, I've been trying to get the box split <clears throat> against a wall. And she's like, now my turn, mummy. Now's my turn. How am I doing? I think I've got better. Um, and they, they do, they pick up off these sort of phrases and things. So I'm very careful to use like positive language around mm. her and talk about my body positively. She's very tall. And um, she's already looking like she will be very tall. So I very much talk about our lovely long legs. And aren't we lucky to have such lovely long legs? because I do not doubt at some point some nasty kid at school will say something horrid about her being tall. And I want her to turn around and go, no, I've got lovely long legs, like my mummy. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, positive programming with children is a huge thing. It's something that I've always done um, with, with my two to try and always just encourage, because I think just always having that positive point of view and outlook. And it doesn't mean that you're ignoring the, the, the negative stuff. It's just a case of, well, if you can't fix the negative stuff, what's the point of well, sending energy uh, in that direction? She knows, she knows my mummy lives in heaven because she died and, and she can't be with us. But every time we see a white feather, that means granny in heaven is saying hello. Um, and she knows that lockdown was because there are poorly people and we have to be a bit careful. Um, she, even down, we're just hitting that point now because she's at the age where she goes into some things without me, um, particularly with the COVID restrictions, like she goes into Little Gym without me and she's swimming lesson. Um, I always book a swim lane, or I say always, I've only had one lesson so far, um, but she goes in the pool without me now, whereas I used to be going in with her. Um, but she knows if someone touches her and she does not want to be touched, that she screams and shouts no as loud as she can. That is the one time you're allowed outdoor voice inside. Like that's when you <laughs> big outdoor voice. Like she knows that. Um, but even if it's not in a dodgy way, it's her body. If some little kid Ooh. wants to hold her hand and she's not interested, then she said no. And she's like, no, you back off. I do not want to hold your hand because I am not being forced into hand holding. <laughs> No, it's so good. And, and I can see, regardless of whether she's competing or not, she absolutely enjoys being there and around it. And obviously she loves the dresses as well. Uh, she's always in awe of the dresses, which is so lovely to see. She always wants to go and tell people. She'll say, Mummy, Mummy, I really like their dress. Can I go and tell them? And, and we'll go oh. and... Um, and she did that. The very first pageant we went to was the one she'd com yeah, the one she competed at. She'd never seen these dresses, and we're queuing to go on the little stage. And she turned around to the um, sort of lady behind us, who must have been in her twenties, like a fully grown woman. And um, my daughter nearly brought to tears by going, "Your dress is so beautiful." <laughs> and she was 
what two yeah two and a bit then i was like good oh Come. that is just so lovely just, no, no, it's just about billing to people up mm, um, so i i i've never taught her to give compliments but um like I haven't actively anti-giving compliments. Um, but what I did teach her was to accept them. So I will still, in the same way that parents will say, oh, mm -hmm. gave you a, they gave you a toy, say thank you. If someone gives her a compliment, I am straight on it. She's pretty good. She normally says thank you. Um, and they'll be like, thank you for what? She said, well, you gave me a compliment. So I'm saying thank you. <laughs> She'll actually tell them why she said thank you. Um, and it was that. Oh, how amazing. I think it's that that's led into her being this child that loves to give compliments. You've got really pretty hair. I like your shoes. Your car's very shiny. I, <laughs> everywhere we go. <laughs> it sounds like a perfect way to be. Just bring some sunshine, leaving glitter wherever she goes. That's what you need to do. Leave the smiles. Yeah, she de definitely spots, likes to spot the pretty, the pretty and the beautiful in anything. Oh, that sounds like a beautiful way to be. Coming back to the pageant and podcast and everything. So obviously you've got the part the, you've got this team in place now. What's the plan? 2020 obviously we've got a few things that um kind of changed good old covid's put breaks on so much in pageantry um but uh, and i know you've got lots of secret things coming but what's the kind of the the big milestones you can share or um talk vaguely about we did cross a massive milestone this week i bought a selfie frame <laughs> i did see a picture of a certain little lady holding it practicing with it so we have a selfie frame i think although there's lots of things i would have liked to have done like i wanted to do a lot of in face-to-face -face, um podcast episodes i bought two podcast mics still haven't worked out how to connect them both properly through my laptop and um, i said i was going to do it in lockdown it hasn't happened it's because it hasn't gone on the official to-do list and if it doesn't get written down with me it doesn't happen um but yeah, I wanted to travel and do some more face-to-face -face and video them at the same time sort of setups and haven't been able to do that. I would have liked to have started the plans we've got for events would have lovely to have started those this year. And, um, because it's, they're lots of small and it's going to take a while to build that up to what it's going to be. Um, so it's, yeah, those, those things have, been delayed and will hopefully start a bit more next year but it's been really nice because actually we've taken time to think through ideas and I think there's certain things we would have started doing that because of Covid and we've delayed them we've tweaked them or we scrapped them um, and we've got no this isn't quite in line with us this isn't quite what we want to be doing um, our products have come out that was very exciting we we want to make this lasting and I that's one of the things that people forget just to host a website costs money and it's a I put a lot of time in and obviously I don't charge for my time doing it but there are still physical costs the banners the pop-up banners that we're getting the selfie frames that we're getting they all cost money we want to be able to sponsor national title holders going to internationals that costs money and um, there even if my laptop breaks <laughs> that costs money and um, so the products have a little bit of profit in them that's hopefully going to help us maintain it's going to pay for the hosting and things like that because we didn't um <clears throat> bought some services like we i have the two pro coaching programs that aren't like any other coaching one filters you into other coaches the other one is just platform development from like a business strategy um point of view and that is all money to keep it going so i think that was quite key for us to make sure that we were building a foundation and um, be it from an admin point of view from a financial point of view that this can stand the test of time that 10 years time if i'm not able to keep being part of it that someone else can come in and that there's an mm -hmm. infrastructure there that makes it viable and long lasting um, we want it to to we're creating like a legacy of, of yep. something that unites the uk pageant industry um, and that takes time and I get frustrated. I want to do it all now, but I can't. Um, <laughs> don't have time. All the finances. Yeah, if someone wants to drop me some sort of million pound investment to get this all going now, that'd be ace. Um, but failing that, we're just going to build it up slowly over time. Um, and 
it's I think with COVID and with our other time restrictions, um, obviously we've got people that are national title holders in the team um, that might go to international and place internationals, I'm sure they will, um, and other people that aren't competing and when they start competing, they might have less time. Um, so we're, we're always very sure, we're trying to make it very team friendly um, to manage our time. And that might mean adjusting what we do when as well. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've said, I said when everyone joined mm. the team, I don't want anyone to ever feel if they've got a really busy, tricky month that they have to pull out. I want them to feel like they, have, they can comfortably say, life's a lot right now. And we'll go, right, we usually do this, this and this. I can take this on. So-and-so is going to do that bit. Um, and we've got you covered for the month. And let us know if you need a few more weeks or if actually things pick up after a week and you want to take your things back or whatever it is. Um, and having, we've got, it already seemed to have got a really honest and open relationship within the group. And a lot of us didn't know each other at all if, if very well like I think I had Kat and Maya I may have had them as friends on Facebook and we'd swapped the odd message but that was about it to the point where I didn't know that Maya and Kat, Maya and Kat were mum and daughter <laughs> that's that's how little we knew about each other um so people have been like oh you're like all friends running it I was like well we weren't we are now <laughs> um and that's been really nice because we bring in different perspectives but we're also very good at holding each other accountable because we're trying not to just represent one system or one makeup artist or one whatever. We all come from different backgrounds and um, different experiences, different favorite suppliers and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. We're able to try and represent the industry more as a whole. Um, yeah, that's, that's, it's kind of, I think webs, websites, the next big thing, trying to get the website finished. Um, but that's a lot of brand awareness because we need the systems to step forward and complete their, complete their information. Having a good system database and a good supplier database is quite, quite key for me because I think it's, it can be quite tricky to go around and find all the, all the different options and things. So. Oh, absolutely. Cause we, we had a pageant diary running with the pageant network for a while. Covid's just blown a great big hole in it because it's just literally well everything we're just now assuming is pretty much cancelled. We'd, we'd moved everything forward, but now it's uh, it's all pretty much out the window. But it is great to have a central source, um, and it just makes it a lot easier for people to be able to update, communicate, and uh, I hope it um, also will um, encourage more attendance because if you're aware of it, um, you've got more chance. Because sometimes it'll be like, oh, if we'd known, we would have gone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes you just don't get, and particularly I mean, on Harriet's social media, she gets tagged on something like 400 things a day. It, it, you, you can imagine that notifications, we've got like a shed work phone thing, and the battery dies constantly just due to the sheer volume. So having that reference point would just be phenomenal, uh, would be absolutely, uh, you know, a huge help, I think, for a lot of people, and particularly people who are active title holders who yeah. want to be seen at events, who want to go and meet other people, because it's really quite a key role uh, that they have to encourage the, kind of the next generation coming through uh, from that point of view. So it's great to actually have them there and participating. Uh, so oh, I'm excited for this, very, very excited. Feel free to send me any beta testing. <laughs> it's quite, it's a really hard thing to build up because you kind of, you need that brand credibility and I need people to understand that we are in this for a long haul. It's worth investing that. I mean, I think the, the systems for maybe is about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes to fill out. Um, but they get their own page within the website as well as being listed in the databases. Um, the suppliers, I'm not quite sure. I haven't built that bit of the website, so I'm not quite sure how that's going to break down. That one's a five minute form, if that. Um, but it's still, it's getting people, they, I know a, a couple of people said when they got our original email um, that they, they get similar emails from um, a big American website that then further down the document, try and charge them 500 pounds for the privilege or 500 pounds. Yeah. And, and so they'd sidelined our message thinking it was another one of those. And I was like, no, 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 it's free. It's free. <laughs> 
please yeah. go back and do it and they've gone back and done it um but it's yeah getting people to understand that we're here for the long haul the podcast is in its fourth season now um we've been over a year and um, and people getting that it's here like this it's actually part of this that made me think about not competing anymore so that mm-hmm. i just head that up because i don't want it to be i know a, a lot of um, contestants run projects like this while they're competing for title and then they don't get the title and they stop it or they do and they use it in the run-up to internationals and then they stop it and it's like no no, no this is a long-term planned strategy yeah. um it's worth investing that 10 minutes as a director to go and fill out that form and put that information up on there we are investing in paid advertisement to like get this out to girls that aren't in the pageant industry yet and grow the industry that is Mm. our chance to grow the industry and and support the contestants within it we want to get to a point with the podcast where we have more sort of sponsors and people putting adverts in and we're then able to use that money to help the girls national title holders go to internationals there's not the support in the uk um, the no, absolutely not tell me about it, it was, i mean the, the girls in japan they literally the, the level of sponsors they were all flying in first class they had entourages they had a full-time hair, for, for a three-week period they had a wardrobe hair and makeup artists there for them doing all of it whereas uh, poor harriet had to push in seven cases all on her own on a train um, that you're running down a street, moving a case, going back, getting the next one, and so on, like a little train uh, herself. And uh, it, it's a huge gap. Um, so to be able to actually have support for the international, and even just from a media point of view, um, because that, that um, as you're aware, we, we, we try to do a bit behind the scenes to try and get to, uh, people to get behind the girls who are off for internationals uh, last year. And I do think it worked. I think we, we definitely had a bit of a groundswell in terms of um, showing that um, the UK was a stronger sash than what people thought it was. But we've got so far to go. So I, I do think um, having the education, having the central part, um uh, to be able to communicate this that look we've got a girl she's on the ground in philippines doing this we need to get behind her she's got a vote going on that kind of stuff absolutely it's such a gap it's it's there's there's a lot of work to do there's a lot of elements it was very funny when i did the i guess my sales pitch to the women that were interested in being part of the team and and I was like, please be aware that some of the things I'm going to go through are 10 year plan esque things. Like, don't think we're going to do this all by the end of the year. Don't be put off by how much there is already on the list. Um, it's, it's a long term plan and strategy um, to like build this up. Um, I want it to be financially self sustaining. Um, it's not designed to be financially profitable but financially self-sustaining and 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 maybe one day 10 years time we will get to the point where we need to hold have a full-time admin person on the on the books and things like that and great but it's um at the moment it's just a lot of hard graft from the the seven of us instead (laughs) dreams we can dream it's all good it's for good reason and oh without dreams where would we be yes Exactly. <laughs> so I'm um, kind of coming towards the end here in terms of my questions. Um, I think you've just done a live tonight to announce in terms of your platform, what you're going to be doing moving forward at the moment. Do you want to just share with us a little bit more detail on that? Just as a little, I'm sure you'll be sharing more detail, but let's give us, have a sneak peek at it. We've got, um, so yesterday I announced that I was doing Emmy, today I announced my platform and, and actually tomorrow I'll announce my charity and by the time this goes out that will be um, official as well. So um, that was one of the big things that drew me to Yemi is they're very keen on the platform and choosing a charity that's connected to you um, as well. Um, I've already got a couple of charity events planned with like sort of the gap of who it was for because it wasn't like officially announcing it and mm-hmm. I know I could which system I could do yet um so goal guessers is my platform which is helping women who feel stuck achieve their goals um with manageable steps and skills to take them from dream to reality um, and that comes from my 
years as everything from being a wedding planner from being a personal trainer and instructor and I used to teach those skills um, with another business of mine that I stopped to donate more time to um, pageantry it is feel like I'm donating my time um, dedicate dedicating more of my time to pageantry um, and so it's something I've got expertise in but it's also something I'm very passionate about and it means that I can help other women set if they want to set up a big thing like this I can go through the strategies and skills I can go through the time management I can go through the having to say no the getting rid of toxic people the owning yourself and um, because there is basically a skill set with whatever your goal is in whatever industry or arena that will benefit everyone and um, so those are the skills that we're going to be doing and I'm building it up um, to be um, on a social media support but um, have an actual online course um, so it'll probably, I'll probably host it on, on YouTube to start with. There are some really good paid platforms for courses um, and I need to see if I'm, I'm in a financial place to be able to, to sort of buy, um, buy one of those. But it'll be yeah, like an online course that's free and um, where women will be able to go and learn these skills and, and take, yeah take their dreams that we need we need our dreams their dreams through to reality um, and then charity um is going to be samaritans and i've uh, i've struggled oh, wonderful. yeah i've struggled with my mental health i think the first first like big thing i remember was when i was 14 and and i'm gonna have to psych myself up for the video tomorrow because i really want people to understand why this is an important one to me um, and unfortunately the best way of doing that is to talk about my mental health journey so tomorrow's going to be hard mm -hmm. um, i'm going to do it after the gym because then i'm in a good mood <laughs> um and uh yeah it's it's i i don't think at the time i even registered it as mental health um there were um certain like peaks like um when i did courses of oracutane that really spikes um any signs of depression and has really strong links to depression and um, so please use it as a last resort doing oracutane because it has some hideous side effects um it's got like the highest rate of suicide of any medication i believe or it's definitely up there if not the highest um so yeah the sort of journey through just general mental health and then the spikes with certain things like when I went through um, Rakuten and losing mum and, and during lockdown particularly struggled and one of the things that I've um, has been a massive saving grace for me in lockdown has been my phone calls um, as being able to pick up the phone and have a chat with someone um, and looking back I realised actually that got me through a lot with mum and it wouldn't be even to talk about mum or talk about the fact that she passed away but it was to be able to pick up the phone and talk gibberish um was quite often that lift that I needed to get me out of that slump and sort of um I was trying to think about which charity I wanted to support and I was like I don't think I'd be here if it wasn't for some of the phone calls that I've had through my life like to be able to know that there's someone I can pick the phone up to um, and I was like what if I didn't have anyone to phone and um, and that was my like final seal the deal this is definitely the charity I'm going for and um, I've got a friend that that volunteers for them as well so I'm hoping I can get her on to talk about her experience from the other side of it and um, obviously without talking about any of the confidential bits but um mm -hmm. her to try and understand the charity and things a bit more um but it's yeah I think so many so many of us have struggled with mental health and um, it's either flared up old wounds or uh, people that it's that have never struggled with it or knowingly struggled with it have struggled during lockdown and um, now's like a massive time to be investing in it um, and for me it's kind of like there isn't mental and physical health it's also yeah. kind of one big ball and um, I people joked about oh, we don't need the gyms to reopen the pubs are kind of more important and I found that really upsetting because for me when the gym shut it was like I had therapy six days a week and someone took it away um, in fact I was yeah I was eight sessions a week over six days in the run-up to galaxy um, and you imagine if someone had that amount if someone was having that amount of therapy and i'd be two two plus hours in the sessions that's a lot of therapy to, to to steal from someone 
um, to take away. And that for me was losing the gym. And um, I lost that. And um, so it's, yeah, I, I, it took me a while to really register how important that time had been to me. And obviously as my mental health was dipping through lockdown, it became more and more obvious. <laughs> no, it, it, it is such an important uh, aspect, but I see it in Harriet, you know, that she absolutely loves, particularly if she's stressed and the first thing she loves to do, go to the gym, work it out, earphones in, she gets, generally she's, she'll watch a pageant. Uh, I think she's watched every single pageant that's available um, all uh, on uh, YouTube for about the last 30 years. But she'll just go and, you know, do some research and just go and work it out. And she loves it, comes back, feels refreshed, refocused and ready to get back on with whatever she's doing. And, you know, it, it is really good from that. I can hardly move, but... Uh, certainly felt good when I left though yeah it's funny it's one of those things and it's finding the exercise that mm. works for you because for me if I'm a particularly in a bad mood I'm going to be deadlifting and and I'm I'm likely to I've got some hideous calluses at the moment but I'm I'm likely to gain a couple of calluses um and cut and rip a few off during the session and and um yeah it's a blood sweat and tears session if I'm in a real bad mood but I've, I've cried in the gym, Partic a lot, a lot after mum passed away. That would be my, I'd go and sit on the bike or on the cross trainer um, after the weight session and just have a bit of a sob. And I just got used, they got used to me doing it in there. <laughs> just sweating out my eyes, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a much healthier way of dealing with it than, than it could have been, so that's fine. No, absolutely. Pageants yeah. oh. in the gym, they've definitely been my saving graces, but... Um, so yeah, hopefully, yeah, I can make a bit of an impact with um, the Samaritans and um, I've already done, because I did the digital three peaks, I've already raised £175 before I've even announced the charity, which is nice. Um, and in some way, shape or form, I will be climbing three mountains over that weekend in September, which will have passed by the time this goes out. So, But it's in... Um, a week and a half I was meant to be doing the three peaks and I'll be very surprised if it happens with the mm -hmm. company now but um, I will be I have backup plans it might involve the same mountain three times I think I might I know what you're like I'm sure you will smash whatever you do my darling it's, it's happening there are, there will be three mountains might be the same one but they will be climbed over that weekend somehow oh <laughs> fantastic well I just want to kind of wrap things up too, uh, in the sense of saying a huge thank you from everyone within pageantry for what you actually bring to it. Um, not just the Pageantland podcast, which is a huge support for so many, whether it's people who are wanting to look at getting into pageantry, people who want to up their game, people who want to understanding um, kind of what more they can get from it. And those that just love pageants in general and just particularly during lockdown, feel connected to it. Um, so from the Pageant Line podcast uh, side of things, you know, huge congratulations. It got to your 100 episodes. You should be so proud of yourself. But also a huge thank you for all the support that you give people within pageantry. You are such a positive source. Um, and um, I, I just love the way that you do thoroughly embrace that, the whole ideal of celebrating other people's success. And I wish you every bit of success uh, yourself as you continue, my darling. That tissue's all messy now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those listening, she's in bits. Um, the nose is getting redder. <laughs> it's even worse in real life, but I think the ring light just makes washes me out a little bit. So <laughs> it's little. Oh. It's more like a, a fuchsia today, but in the mirror, it's it, I look like Rudolph. Um, <laughs> no, but sincerely, thank you so much, my darling. You're very welcome. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I, it, to be honest, it's been an absolute pleasure um, hosting the podcast and interviewing everyone that I've got to interview. And today being interviewed, thank you so much, Sarah. Um, and I was so touched that you were so excited to do it as well. Um, <laughs> Thank you for every guest, for every listener, for every share, for every like, for every... We've got some really beautiful reviews as well. So all of it, it's 
it's not why I do it. I, I do it to get awesome stuff into your ears and hopefully help. But um, it's it's really nice to see and hear and all that as well. So thank you so much. Um, and here's to episode 200. Absolutely. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.